Today's conversation has been a long time coming. Trust me when I tell you you're going to want to listen in, likely rewind, and re-listen when I talk to best-selling author Tanya Dalton. Now, you might know Tanya for her previous book, which I loved, called Joy of Missing Out, but today we're talking all about her most recent book. Now, listen to this tagline. The book is called On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success. Meaning and success. I think so often we're all striving for the next goal, for the next vision in our lives, for the thing that we most want. But it comes at the sacrifice of us. It comes at the sacrifice of joy, of purpose, and of meaning. And when we really think about it, what we're all really craving is that significance. And today, Tanya and I have an amazing conversation about just that. You might know her from her podcast. She was named one of the top 10 business books of the year by Fortune magazine. She's been featured on NBC, Fox. She's a VIP contributor for entrepreneurs. She's all over the place. But today's conversation is going to get real personal real fast. So tune in and share this one. Share this one and tag us. More people need to hear this conversation. Okay, let's get to the show. Pull up a seat to the table. You are listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. After working with countless entrepreneurs, I've noticed a theme. No matter the level of success achieved, they get to this place where they're asking, now what? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact. You want to do work that means something, and you want to be known for it, too. Somewhere along the way, it wasn't just about growing a business anymore. It became time to build your legacy. Plus, building the dream at the expense of everything else that matters, family, freedom, joy, is no dream at all. The Luminary Leadership Podcast is where industry leaders come to break through to their next level of achievement, purpose, and impact. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and I'm here to raise up this generation of leaders, us, so we can do our part in raising up the next generation of little luminaries. Get ready as we break down all things entrepreneurial leadership in a way that isn't being talked about. We both know you don't just need another strategy. It's time for your breakthrough. Tanya, welcome to the show. I am so happy to have you here with us because this is one of those powerful and, in my humble opinion, necessary conversations that will speak into the souls of our listeners. So thank you for being here. Oh, well, with an intro like that, I mean, how could I pass this up, right? I'm excited about this. I think this is going to be very much in alignment. So before I start peppering you with questions to glean every (laughs) ounce of wisdom I can in our time together, share more about you and the journey here. I know a lot of people have read your previous book, Joy of Missing Out. That was something our audience loved. And I know we're shifting into the new book that we're going to talk about in a second, but let them get to know you a little bit better and who you are. Yeah, I'd love that. So, you know, really, I like to say that as an entrepreneur, my journey began like in 2008. I started off life thinking I was going to be a teacher and then a stay-at-home mom. And then I had a conversation that changed everything in my life. And, and I, I share the story in the book, but I'll share it really quickly here because I think it'll resonate with your with your listeners I, uh, you know, was running around doing things with my two small kids. My husband was traveling uh, and he would travel at that time. He did international marketing for a fortune 500 company. So he would literally leave our home. We left, we lived in Dallas, Texas at the time. And he would buy a ticket called the around the world ticket, 
where he would leave Dallas and he would circle the entire globe and come back the other side. So he'd be gone for like two or three weeks at a time. I mean, marathon trips. So we were chatting, the phone rang. And so he, you know, we were chatting about uh, what was going on. It was my evening. It was his morning because we were on the other side of the planet. And I'm telling him all the things that the kids are doing and what, you know, what new word Kate had said that day. And he got really quiet. And I said, are you okay? And he said, I'm missing everything. I'm missing all the moments. I'm missing all the milestones. I'm missing it all. And I said, no, 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 it's okay. Um, And I tried to make him feel better. But that night when I hung up the phone, my whole life changed. That was my big shift. Standing there in my bright yellow kitchen, I made a big decision. I decided I was going to grow my tiny little side hobby business that I started with $50. And I was going to grow that to absorb my husband's MBA income and let him come and work alongside of me. And we were going to have the freedom we wanted, the lifestyle freedom, the time freedom, the financial freedom, all the freedoms, right? Why we all eventually get into entrepreneurship. And that was a big, bold idea because to be honest with you, at the time I started the company with $50, I was selling to friends, maybe friends of friends, maybe had no website, (laughs) had zero business experience. I'd never even taken a business course in college. Um, And yet I set that really big dream in place. And within about a year, I made that goal happen. So he was able to come and start working alongside of me in 2009, which was fabulous. And uh, in around 2012, we decided, well, if we have location freedom, let's really live with location freedom. So we moved to Asheville, North Carolina in the mountains. And that was great until 2013 when I looked at him and I said, I love you. I love working with you, but I don't love what we're doing. It's not fulfilling to me. It's not making the impact I really want in the world. And he's like, great. What do you want to do? And I'm like, I have no idea. I mean, like, what if this is it? Like, this looks successful on the outside. Everyone's looking at us thinking we're going on these amazing vacations and we're living in a nice big house and we're doing all the things to check the boxes of successful. Is that crazy to think that I should reach for more, that I should do something different? And I had to go with my gut in that moment and really dive into what is it I'm here for? What is my purpose? And so I created a bunch of exercises for myself to really dive into who I am and what I really desire. And out of that was born my company, Inkwell Press Productivity Co., which really ties in all the things that I truly am passionate about. And so closed the other company, went without any income for like five, six months. I mean, my kids love to eat three meals a day (laughs) and we had no income because that was our sole income for both of us, my husband and me. Uh, But we... We opened up Inkwell Press and scaled it to seven figures in less than 18 months, continue to watch it grow and thrive. And it's been an amazing thing for us to to really be able to reach a lot of women. And so out of that came my podcast. And then, of course, my first book, The Joy of Missing Out, um, which was named a top 10 business book of the year, which is, again, someone who has no business you know, pedigree. <laughs> That's an amazing thing, right? To just stop and realize Um, And then now my latest book, On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success has just come out. And so it's just continued this mission of really helping women step confidently into intentional leadership. That's truly at the heart of what I do and what I love. Mm, Yes. And I... I have to focus on for a minute the fact that you took that risk when you were living in the mountains and, you know, things were going well. I think sometimes that's where a lot of us stay and we live there perpetually because nothing's wrong. You know, it's almost like a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, things are status quo. I'm not going to rock the boat. 
and the money was coming in for you guys. But when your heart's calling you somewhere else, and when you know that there's more purpose behind uh, the work that you're doing, and it requires a pivot and a risk. I know for a lot of the people that I work alongside, their fear is, well, things are going well over here and I don't have a lot of capacity to jump into that and it would be a risk and there's no guarantee, right? I don't know. Can I even monetize this? Is this something that people would actually pay for? But so many times when you step into that boldly, the money follows that. The success and a word that you use that I really want to highlight in a second, which is meaning, comes to be. So thinking of that and mm-hmm. you know, knowing that you had joy of missing out, which I love that book, and now you've birthed on purpose. I want to focus on the tagline for a second, the busy woman's guide to an extraordinary life of meaning and success. That is really hitting home for me because it's a guiding principle for how I want to live and mentor my people. But talk about that word meaning, because I Mm. think that's the piece that's missing for so many people out there. They're pursuing success and they might achieve success, but is it really success if you don't feel purposeful in what you're doing or you don't feel that significance or that meaning behind it? Oh, I love this because yes, I absolutely, I love that. First of all, it resonates with you because it is about the meaning. And I think success and meaning go hand in hand. And I think that the thing is, honestly, a lot of things will check the boxes of what looks good. And I think that's one of the biggest problems is we don't ever take time to stop and define success on our own terms, right? The only way that we know if we're successful is by looking around and going, okay, how am I doing compared to everybody else? How do I look? How do things, how do things appear? But the truth is for me at that point in my life, I was, I was waking up every day and yes, I was making a lot of money and yes, it was allowing my family to do amazing things. I was feeling this like nagging sense of dissatisfaction of not really Mm -hmm. feeling excited and on fire for what I did. And I think so often we are uncomfortable getting out of, you know, our own comfort zone, right? I mean, that's why it's called the comfort zone, but we're already uncomfortable in that comfort zone. I was waking up on a regular basis, more times than not feeling like, oh, I got to go to work. And I mean, this was a business I created, right? it's uncomfortable to move away from the discomfort we already have because we're already uncomfortable. It's like our little hot tub. We're like, well, this is just the way life is. Life is on repeat. When you're, when you're a young mom, you don't get to shower. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to work 80, hundred hours a week. These are lies that we tell ourselves to justify our discomfort, to justify our uncomfortableness so that we'll just stay right where we are, because at least it's safe. We know where we are and what we're doing and it's the safe bet right? But it is when we step out of that comfort zone, that's when we have that growth and we can truly step into who we were designed to be. And I absolutely believe that every single one of us is designed for greatness. We are designed to make an impact in the world. There's actually a graphic that I share in this book that I think is really powerful. And I'd love to to share it with your listeners uh, because I think it really highlights what a difference we can make. Because I think so often we think, who am I to do these big things? Or even if I wanted to make an impact, I don't think I could, right? But the truth is, every single person on this planet, regardless of what their social media following is, or if they have a podcast or even a business, every single one of us on this planet has the ability to impact 80,000 people, every single one of us. 
And in the graphic, I kind of highlight how we come to this number. So, you know, we're alive and kind of, you know, able to, to put forth good into the world for about 73.3 years, because that's about the average lifespan. 73.3 years, we meet on average three people a day. Some days more, some days less. You meet people at the grocery store, you meet them at the soccer fields, you meet them at a networking event, right? Three, three people a day on average. 365 days a year times 73.3 years, meeting three people on average a day. That gets you to 80,000 people. 80,000 people that you have the ability to impact and change the trajectory of their life by sharing your gifts. That's a big number, right? So when you realize that you have this ability to truly make a difference, isn't it our responsibility to step out and really do the things that light us on fire? When we keep our gifts hidden, when we play small and we don't share these gifts with the world, that is selfish. We think it's selfish to go after the things we want. Let's flip that on its head. If you're not giving to other people your amazingness, that's you being selfish, right? So when we flip that on its head, it's like, oh, I need to go after what gives me meaning because that helps other people and that makes a big impact. Yeah. And it, excuse me, it leads to that significance and that purpose that you talk about. And we all crave an extraordinary life. We don't want a good life. We don't want an average life. A lot of us are dreamers where we dream of the extraordinary, but we live in the good because the good is safe. Like you talk about that comfort zone and the comfort of the, or the discomfort of the familiar is better to us than the discomfort of the unfamiliar, even though the unfamiliar might lead us into possibility because it it feels safe. It's what we know. Uh, But when you talk about this, this extraordinary life, what are some of the blocks that you see getting in the way of that for people? Like, what are the things that come between us as we are today and the us that we could potentially become? Mm, Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, recognizing and realizing that you have a choice. I truly believe extraordinary is a choice. It's a choice that we make on a regular basis. And and we do that through the choices we're making in all the areas of our life. Um, You know, every chapter of this book is about a choice because truly that's where extraordinary lives. It lives in a place where we are choosing what life looks like for us. So we talk about choosing to disrupt your patterns really recognizing the things in your past and what they've given you as gifts and, you know, taking those things like regret and turning them into resilience. We choose how we identify. How do we identify ourselves as a, as an entrepreneur? Are you calling yourself? Well, well, you know, I have a small business or I've I've got this little thing that I do, or I've got this, right. You're choosing to identify as small instead of choosing to say, I'm, I'm an incredible entrepreneur and I make a difference and I do these things. Right. You can get to choose how you identify. You can choose to focus instead of feeling like you have to do all the things, choosing to narrow in and really pouring yourself into what matters. You can choose to release your fears. You can choose how you spend your time. All of these are choices you can make. All of these are actually choices that we talk about in the book and strategies for accomplishing that. But I think one of the things that really holds us back is we don't even see the choices at all. We think, oh, well, like I said, this is just the way life is. You know, this is just how it is. I don't have any choices. Uh, you know, I've got too many things to do. I'm running kids to things after school. There's no way I can make the time to do the things I want to do. And we have to choose. How do we want to spend our time? We have to choose to, to make the plan. We have to choose to invest in ourselves. All of those are choices that we can make. And when we make those choices, that's when we get that momentum that allows us to make that impact that we just talked about. 
Yeah. And you talk about fear. What role do you feel like fear plays specifically in the process of finding that meaning and that success and living our lives on purpose? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, here's the thing is there's a lot of talk in today's world about, you know, like punch fear in the face and, you know, get over your fear. And it's like, no, no, no. We we need fear. Fear is a very good thing. We like fear. You know why? Because fear keeps us safe. Fear keeps us from touching the hot stove. Fear keeps us from stepping out into traffic. You know, all of these things. So we need to stop feeling like fear is the enemy. It's not the enemy. Fear is there to keep us alive and to keep us safe. It's really about making fear your ally, recognizing where your fears come from. So you can, you can really tackle those fears. We have a blueprint about taking fears into facts and how you break down your fears so that you realize, oh, this is really what I'm afraid of. And then they lose a lot of their power over you. But one of the things I think is most interesting about fear is that fear manifests in your body with like sweating and you get butterflies in your stomach and you get sweaty palms and maybe a shortness of breath which is exactly the same way that excitement manifests in your body. Think about how you feel at the top of a roller coaster, a nervous excitement, right? Where it's like, oh, I can't wait for the drop to come, right? So if we reframe when we feel fearful as this is just me being excited about the next steps, that totally shifts how we look at our opportunities. For me, you know, when I made that decision to, uh, to grow a company so it could absorb my husband's MBA income, In the twists and turns of life, my husband ended up losing his job. It was during the Great Recession. So he, like many others, got laid off work. And there were a lot of fears that were around. There was fear like, okay, am I going to be able to do this? Are we going to end up homeless? Are my kids not going to be allowed to eat? Like, are we going to live in our car? And the truth is, I could have let those fears just stop me dead in my tracks and say, well, this is clearly a sign from the universe that this is not for me. But instead, I chose to let fear circle me like a shark. Ooh, what would it be like if that did happen? What, you know, what's the worst case scenario there? And can I step over that? That fear of, am I going to be able to feed my kids actually pushed me to work harder, to really laser in on the things that were going to move the needle in that business, which allowed it to scale and grow so quickly that, you know, within a year I was able to make that happen. Um, So really reframing how we look at fear and really becoming a friend to fear and recognizing that oftentimes it's a sign that you're actually on the right path. Fear is an amazing indicator that you're stepping into something really big, something really impactful, something that you're really designed to do. Oh, I couldn't agree more with that because I think sometimes we have this misconception that that thing that we want to step into should come easy to us at this point because we've already found success or we've already gotten to this point in our lives and we shouldn't have to experience that new level, new devil this next time around, but it's so not true. If you're not feeling squeezed in, if you're not feeling those sweaty palms, are you really, you know, going where you're being led or are you playing small? Are you playing it safe? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to avoid the fear that comes with maybe, you know, you found success, but now you're going to be a novice in this new thing. Or, you know, there's a lot of, um, I feel like the insecurities that come up around, stepping into Mm -hmm. where you're really being called and avoiding fear is to me, the evidence that you're not stepping into that path and not going full force where you're being led. Absolutely. There's a line in the book where I say, if you aren't failing, you are failing. 
If you're not sticking mm. your neck out from time to time and, and having some failures, it means you're not really stepping out of your comfort zone. You're playing it safe and you're not really, really stretching to where it is you want to go. The, the fact that you are failing from time to time is a sign that you are growing. And that's an amazing thing. Because every time that we fail, we know we get knowledge. We know we gain experience. All those things that we use to move forward into something else, right? And so I think it's really powerful when we recognize and realize that that's an important part of the process that we should be striving to have a certain percentage of failures. In fact, the Imagineers for Disney, they have a failure rate that they have to achieve. If they don't achieve, Hmm. I I think it's like 35% is their failure rate that they're shooting for. They want to fail 35% of the time because if they're not failing 35% of the time, they're not really stretching themselves at all. And I, I think you really touched on one of the things that holds us back a lot of times is I don't know what I'm doing. And the truth is all of us are fumbling and bumbling our way through life, right? We're all figuring things out from time to time. Even when you think you're an expert in something, there's still opportunities to learn more. And the truth is not knowing, oh, that's one of the greatest gifts of all. When you are learning something for the first time, you don't even know the boundaries of what's possible and impossible. So you're able to push those boundaries so much further than someone who says, well, no, that's not the way we do it. That's not the way it's been done before. All of that beautiful nativity allows you to actually grow and expand in incredible ways. So have a lot of joy in being a first-time learner. Have a lot of, of pride in figuring things out. The truth is there's so much information at our fingertips that even if you feel like you don't know anything about a subject, you can find some information. Spend a little time researching. Google is a very good friend who will not judge you for Googling the same thing three days in a row. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Not knowing what you're doing is, is not something to hold you back. That's actually an opportunity to step fully and completely into what you want. Yeah. And to piggyback on that, I want to get your thoughts on this idea of, I think sometimes when we come to the conclusion, okay, <clears throat> I am being led into something more, something new or something different beyond where I am today. And then we get on that path in pursuit of it. And either we fall off that path because of the failures that are bound to happen, or we find that we're being led in a new direction. I the more that we take steps, I feel like the more answers we receive. And sometimes that ends up guiding us somewhere unpredicted and in in a different direction than what we initially thought. What advice would you have for someone who feels like, not necessarily fact, but feels like they've fallen off the path or they've fallen off track? Is all lost or is there a way that they can leverage that to continue forward? Listen, if you've gotten off track with your goals, your dream, just join the rest of us. We've all gotten there, right? <laughs> and I think this is a thing, you know, the, the fourth section of the book. So the sections of the book are reflection, projection, action. The fourth section is alteration, which answers the question, what if? What if I get off track? And you're going to get off track. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. To be honest with you, years ago, years ago, I used to say, you know, write your plans in pencil set your goals in ink. And that was the dumbest thing I could have ever said because your goal should be written in pencil too. You're allowed to erase them, to shift them, to allow them to adjust. I think what happens sometimes is we get on this like super highway of the goal and we're going like 80, hundred miles an hour with the goal, right? And we're like just zooming through and, and we're so busy doing all these things. And then suddenly we look down and we're like, oh, hold on, I'm off the highway. I'm on this whole other path. Like, how did I get there? Okay, well, let's stop. 
And we do this thing in, in the book. I go through the three A's. First, we want to acknowledge. That's the first A. Acknowledge. Okay, I've gotten off track. Notice I said acknowledge. I didn't say beat yourself up. I didn't say tell yourself you're the worst ever, right? Just acknowledge it. Okay, I'm not on the highway. I'm over here. I'm on this mountain pass that I didn't anticipate. So that's our first day. You just acknowledge it. Then second A is to assess. Okay, do I like where I am? Do I want to get back on the highway? If I want to get back on the highway, okay, I got to figure that out. But maybe... Maybe this path looks very different than what I anticipated. Because now that I'm here, I suddenly realize I like this a lot better. Or, ooh, now there's these opportunities here. I didn't even know existed till I got off that highway going 100 miles per hour. So we want to assess, is that goal still for me? And if it's not, that's okay. Maybe we need to let that goal go. Then we get to that third A, and that's when we adjust. So acknowledge, assess, and adjust. The adjustment is, okay, if you want to get back on the highway, what do we need to do to give you more time to really create that time for yourself so that you can get back on the highway to establish some healthy habits so that you're back on track with that goal? Or I need to adjust this goal. I either need to like burn it to the ground, or maybe I need to shake it up a little bit and switch it around a little bit. So give yourself the grace because truly it's not till you get off the path that you sometimes realize this is the path for me because you didn't even know Mm -hmm. it was there. Yeah, you have to experience the possibility, experience mm-hmm. the mistakes and failures, experience, get a taste of what you think you're stepping into because you never fully have the evidence of what it is you think you want. Like you set a goal and you're like, I'm all in on this goal. I'm so excited. And then you start to go through the process of getting to that goal and you're like, oh crap, this is actually not what I want, but I got a little taste of this over here that inspired me mm-hmm. for this next goal or possibility. Yes, I think that's exactly right. And that's the thing is, you know, I think back to when I was in college and I, I didn't know even what careers were out there. Truly, nobody took me aside and was like, hey, you could be a graphic designer or you could be this thing or you could be. I mean, you don't know those opportunities are there. Sometimes you get off the track, right off, off the path. And suddenly you're like, "Ooh, there's all these things. I love what you said there, because I think it touches on one of the big things that happens with our goals. We don't set the right goals right? We don't set the goals that are meant for us. I think this goes back to that whole idea of meaning and success that we talked about a little bit earlier, where we don't know how to measure success. So we look around and see what everybody else is doing. So we look around and we're like, oh, this woman over here, she's doing amazing things. I need to do what she's doing. Or, oh, she's doing these things. Look at her business. It's doing incredible things. I need to do that. So we look around and we set our goals based off what everybody else is doing. And in doing that, we lose our magic. We lose our magic when we're looking around and we're setting goals based off what everybody else is doing. Our magic is in our own gifts, our own strengths, and leaning into where it is we want to go. So when we're setting goals, what I really want women to do is set the goals that are right for them. So I can't give you a list of like, okay, here's the right goals for you. It's really a matter of, and we talk about this in the book, we go through a wayfinding process of really figuring out, let's back up, let's start with what you want and back up into it. And then you can figure out what are the goals that are designed for you. I'm happy to dive into that if you want, or, you know, yeah, I would love, I would love for you to uh, unpack that a little bit, because I think this process is going to be really helpful for people. Yeah, I, I really think this is one of the things I'm really proud of with this book is that it's that realization, and I talk about this in the introduction, that goals are not 
the goal. I think so often we treat goals as this amazing moment. We're going to get to this finish line and suddenly like, oh, like angels are going to come out and sing, right? Like once we reach, we achieve a certain level of revenue, or once we have a certain number of team members, or once we have product in a certain store or whatever it is, that's going to be this magical moment. But goals are not the goal. Goals are the vehicle to get you to the life you want. So let's first start by figuring out what's the life I want. So let's look off into the future, 10 years, 20 years down the road and think about what is it I desire? What's my potential. Now in the book, I draw this almost like a timeline, like when you're in second grade, right? So there's like, you are here. And then all the way on the other side, there's your potential. And that's really far away. So that feels really daunting and can be a little bit scary. You think I have, I have no idea how I'm going to get to this big, beautiful vision I have for 10 years, 20 years down the road. So then we think, oh, just forget it. That's never going to happen. All right, let's back it up. Let's make that. So it's a little bit more achievable. So if this is where we are today, and our potential is 10 years down the road, let's back it up a little bit. What is possible three years down the road, five years down the road that will get you to that big, beautiful vision you have for the future? All right, if that's what's possible in three to five years, let's back it up even more. Let's get that timeline even closer to you. What is practical? What could you do practically in the next 12 to 18 months? So right there, you can already see we're getting a lot closer. This is a lot closer to where you are today. Now, if that's what's practical, to do in the next 12 to 18 months, what do I need to prioritize? What do I need to prioritize in the next three months, the next six months, the next nine months? Those priorities, those are your goals. Those Mm. are the goals are going to get you to that, each of those little landmarks, the practical landmark, then the possible landmark, and then that big, beautiful potential that you have for the future. So you can see how the goals are tied to that much bigger vision of what you have but we just back it up and make it bite size. So once you understand that, and we go through this in the books, you can literally see how we back up these goals and figure out what they are. Um, Once you understand what you need to prioritize, that's when you're like, okay, those are my goals, not the goals that other people in my industry are setting, not goals that other people in the online space are doing, not goals that anybody else wants. Those are mine. And that's Mm -hmm. when we start to have more motivation, more excitement. That's when burnout goes away. Burnout is caused because you're doing all the wrong things. You're doing all the things that everybody else is doing instead of doing the things that light your soul on fire. That's why you got into business, to do the things that excite you, right? For the freedom, but also to have a lot of fun. Yeah. And to be so purposeful in that mission. And to your point, you will know when you are on the right track towards the right goals, and you will know when you are not on the right track towards the, you know, on the the wrong track towards the wrong goals, because that feeling of lightness shows up, you know, you feel aligned with where you're going. And it's the evidence you need that continues to fuel that flame. Anytime I hear someone say, well, how do I get motivated? Or I've lost my motivation. I'm like, you're aiming at the wrong thing that you would be naturally inspired if you were on track towards where you're actually called to go versus the next logical step or what someone else in your industry is doing. So I love that you, you speak on that. I want to close with some wisdom and advice for the ambitious successful entrepreneurs who are tuning in and many of whom feel called to both their mission and business and their family. And they want to do both Mm. incredibly well. They don't want to 
be successful in business and have a good family. They want to honor and succeed in both worlds and they want the proof in the pudding. They want their success in business to be evidenced by the impact that they're making and the people they serve. And they want their success in their home to be evidenced by you know, the success their children experience or the fulfillment or the joy that comes along the way in their family. What advice would you give them? Well, first of all, this is totally up my alley because I truly believe you can have an amazing, incredible, impactful business. I run a seven-figure company and I leave work every day at three o'clock to go home and focus in on my thriving personal life. I think it's it's so important not just to have a personal life, but to have a thriving personal life. So I leave work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at three o'clock and Fridays, I don't work at all. And I do that very intentionally because, you know, all day at work, I'm wearing my CEO of the office hat. And then at three o'clock, I take off that hat and I put on the CEO of the home hat. And that's when I'm focused in fully, completely and wholly on my kids, on my husband, on my friends, on my family members. And it makes such a huge difference. There's a quote from my first book where it says, uh, you can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan, but it does you no good if the kitchen is burning down around you. We need an amazing foundation of a great home life so that we can go and do the things at work that we really want to do. Because when we have an amazing home life, then we're able to fully focus at work, right? So I think it's really important, first of all, to to really establish those boundaries of, of what it is you want. One of the exercises I do with a lot of entrepreneurs when, um, when I'm working with them is we redefine success. And I truly believe success is defined not just by your finances. I think so often as business owners, we look at that bottom line, what's my revenue, right? Am I successful or not based off of that one number? Am I in the red? Am I in the black? How far in the black am I? Um, and so I tell these women I work with, there's so much more to you. Right. We have the emotional side, the spiritual side, the relational side, the physical side, all these different aspects to you. So when we want to think about who we are and who we want to be, let's let's look in the future. One year, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. And we're going to start by, first of all, we look at how old you are, because that gives you an idea. That, OK, if I'm this old, then my kids are this age. My husband or you know, significant other is this age and, and so on. And then we go through and we talk about, OK, where is it you want to live? What does your lifestyle look like? Uh, what are your relationships like? How do you deepen these relationships? And we go through all these aspects. We don't ask finances until the very end. Because just like goals are not the goal, the finances, the money you make is just the vehicle to get you to the lifestyle. That's really what it is. So when we figure out what it is we desire in all those areas of our life, then we can say, okay, now how much do I need to have? How much do I need to make in my business? Because so often... We're chasing a bottom line. Again, that's not really ours. You know, you don't have to want to be Amazon. You don't have to want to run a multi-billion dollar empire. There are plenty of people who are like, yeah, I hit six figures and I'm right there at the 100,000 mark. And that's good for me. That allows me the lifestyle I want. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you for wanting that. Or maybe for you, it's just, I want to make, you know, 75,000. Or maybe for you, it's, I want to make 10 million. All of those are okay, but let's figure out, first of all, what that financial number is by looking at the lifestyle, and then we can work backwards, right? And then it becomes, okay, if it's really about the lifestyle, what do my boundaries need to be? So for me, I have that three o'clock boundary where it's not very often that I cross over that three o'clock boundary because three o'clock is a sacred time for me to step over into being a mom and really giving myself to my kids. 
um, establishing that with not just your team at the office, but also your team at home. We have a team at home. Our family is our team. And really bringing them in to be a part of your business, I think, is so beneficial. You know, I started that first company when my kids were really tiny. I like to say that they were like literally playing at my feet. My son is now a freshman in college. So <laughs> it's it's been nice because, you know, my kids don't know anything else. They, they know that, you know, the company that I have created is our company. They very much feel like they're a part of that. So even when they were really little, really tiny, I would bring them into my world so they would understand what it is I do. So let's say I had a stack of papers that I needed to go through. I'd say, oh my gosh, wow, all these papers need a sticker. Every one of these needs a Snoopy sticker. Clearly no Snoopy stickers were needed. And I'd go, oh, I wish somebody could help me. I'll help you. I'm like, oh, yes. So they would work alongside me putting, and I would say, okay, put it in the corner. And, you know, so it would take them some time, right? And they would put Snoopy stickers on it. And I'd say, oh my gosh, this was such an amazing help. I'm so grateful that you helped me run this company. This is our company together, right? And then they got older and they would do more things for our company. My son for a while there, while he was in high school, was working in my warehouse. Uh, My kids have done packaging when they have You know, whatever days off they have from school, half of them are spent at the office because it's our business together. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that has really made a difference is they understand and they're a part of that whole world. So when I have something like a launch coming up or I've got a book that I'm writing, they understand it. And, you know, we come together to support one another. Uh, We do team planning on Sundays. That's for my family. I do team planning for my office on Mondays, but team planning on Sundays where we sit around the table, we talk about what's going on with our weeks. I get my kids to do their project planning and they create their own timelines because of course I want my kids to be productive. Um, <laughs> and we talk about, okay, who has something big this week? So if Jack has, you know, play practice, I'll say, okay, Jack has play practice till late each day. How are we going to support him? Kate will say, okay, I'll, I'll take out the trash on his trash day. Okay. I'll do, I'll do the dishes after, after dinner, right? We come together when it's my turn. I say, okay, I have a big launch going on. And they'll say, how can we support you? And then they come in. So it's all about building this team mentality. That's really what I want more than anything else, more than the money in the bank. And the money is really good. I mean, let's not lie. But I want to have these deep relationships with my kids, with my husband, with my friends and my family. That's truly what it's all about. And that's what we do when we bring people into our world. I think it's so important that to me is what's extraordinary. I could not agree more. And that was the perfect cherry on top of this conversation, because I know that will really speak into the hearts of the the founder families that tune into this that really do feel called to both of those worlds. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and to share your gifts and uh, your wisdom with us. And everybody, if you haven't yet, go get On Purpose. This book will absolutely shine a light on where you're called to go next and give you that uh, both the roadmap and the support that you need in pursuit of it. So thank you for coming to be with us. This was such a wonderful conversation and we'll be sure to link to everything in the show notes to make it easier for you guys to follow Tanya. Where can people connect with you? What is the best place for them to reach out? Yes. The best place to connect with me is my website, tanyadalton.com. You can find links to my podcast, The Intentional Advantage there. You can also find links to both of my books, The Joy of Missing Out and On Purpose there. Although both the books are available anywhere books are sold. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we can't wait to get this into the earbuds of our people. Thank you. Thank you. This is a lot of fun. I love speaking to, to female entrepreneurs. So this is amazing. 
I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. We pick a luminary each week from our social posts. So if you want to be entered into our luminary of the week drawing, then comment, save, and share the Instagram post from this episode. We want to lead and spoil you. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.